This is Barkcast. You ain't nothing but a hound Barkcast deals with just about everything dog related. Dog obedience, training, health, owning a dog, dog behaviour and care and nutrition. Each week your questions will be answered by professional senior trainer and owner of Canine Point Academy, Russell D. Russell, a professional member of the IACP, a registered evaluator with the American Kennel Club and has trained thousands of dogs across a variety of disciplines. Hi Russell, how's your week been here at Canine Point Academy? It's been good Jay, thank you very much. So we've had a, a few emails come in as, as always. Um, this week I want to ask you about collars. Okay. Um, it's, it's actually a, a personal question as well as some other people have also asked about different collars, what collars to use and, and also asking about dog. yeah the best yeah. collar for which dog and harnesses, which I'm sure that we can come on to. So sure. can you just give us a, a bit of a, a rundown of, of collars? Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, really great question and a very interesting topic. Um, I'm suddenly wondering whether this might be worth um, doing a video one so as you demonstrate and show people. But anyway, um, you can Google the, the, the different ones. Um, <clears throat> everyone knows what a, a standard normal flat collar is. It just goes around the dog's neck and it clips on. That is what I would call a flat standard collar. Um, the other ones you can get are what we call martingale collars, which are very much like the, the flat collar, but there's an additional little chain link that attaches to it. So as you tighten the chain link, it tightens the collar all the way around the neck. Um, for me, they work slightly better than a, what I would call a flat collar because the pressure is all the way around the neck as opposed to on one single point on the neck that you would get with a flat collar. So in terms of benefit to the dog, you're better off with the, the martingale. It's not a choke chain, which is, again, just a simple slip, loose, uh, slip um, loop that goes around the dog's neck. That's a little bit different. Um, other things that you can get um, are the pinch collars or prong collars, and then there's remote collars. Right, let me, can you, uh, <laughs> let's go back. Yeah, so yeah. A, a pinch collar. So, and again, I would, uh, just so you can see what it looks like, they do look horrible. Um, they look really, really, really scary. Uh, and if you just Google dog prong or dog pinch collar, you'll, you'll see what I'm, I'm getting at. Um, and again, there's a lot of people out there that are very much against using any sort of form of, of these sort of collars, whether it's the, the prong collars or whether it's the remote collars um, for any dog. And this then overlaps into the whole, you can be positive only trainers. And there's a lot of people out there that say you only need to have treats and love and you can train any dog to do that. Um, and I, on the other side, I've met a lot of trainers that are just like, all you ever need is a pinch collar and a remote. And both extremes for me are wrong. So there are a number of dogs that will work very well with just some treats and love. And there are a lot of dogs that will not, and they will need some help. Can I just, from a, from a layman point of view, and sure. just trying to get my head around, so when I was growing up, you just had a dog collar, yep. which is probably the flat, the flat one collar, which you're yeah, talking yeah. about, so that's just a standard dog collar. Yep. Um, and then you mentioned the one with the little chain on it. I think yep. I've got one of those for Matt. I think you, you actually do, yeah, gave yeah, yeah, it yes. for, for Maximus. And then you're talking about a choke, well, I know of, I've heard of a choke collar. So the choke collar is basically um, just a chain that goes around the dog's neck, and you pull one end and it tightens it again. Um, so they were very sort of standard, I would guess, about 70s and 80s. Um, just you use a choke chain, that's what you do. Um, but just collars have advanced a little bit since then. 
Um, and again, for me, I much prefer using the martingale. It's the actual collar that goes around the dog's neck isn't chain. It's just like nylon. So, um, so it's just a, it's less aversive to the dog, um, a little bit more comfortable for generally sort of wearing it. And you're not going to do any damage to the dog by using it either. And so basically different dogs can yeah, have so different, <clears throat> is it different breeds have different chains or sorry, different collars or is it specific to the actual dog itself? So there's two ways of looking at that. One is there's an argument that yes, different breeds because different breeds have different drives and focus. Um, if you're dealing with a, a dog that's you know, fairly easygoing, fairly aloof, um, and just, you know, or one that's, you know, super hit, super driven, but just wants to engage, um, then, and again, for me, I always start, I'll, I'll start with a martingale or a simple slip collar and just see where we go from there. Um, and then just, you work up, up the levels, if you like. In terms of pinch collars and prong collars, um, there are some people that swear by them. There are some people that think that they're the worst things in the world for dogs. My argument is always twofold in terms of whether I'm using my own dog or a client dog. And I know that sounds a bit copish, but if it's my own dog, I know the value of work I'm going to put into it from a young age. Um, on a consistent basis because respectfully I know what I'm doing from an owner perspective a lot of the time the dog presents to me at the at the point of fracture where we just can't handle this dog anymore it's just got to a point it's just not working we need immediate help and then I've got a period of a few weeks maybe either the dog with me or doing lessons to get this dog into a position where it's working with an owner and things like prong collars and pinch collars and even remote collars can really expedite that process and using that term, expedite the process, already raises the red flag. Well, if you're trying to rush things, that's unfair on the dog. And I don't completely disagree with that argument, to be fair. But at the same time, you've got to look at the option in front of you. Either I help these people get control of this dog in a way that the dog understands, or we don't, and the dog ends up either being dumped or rehomed somewhere else. And you've mentioned... Um the, didn't say shock collar. What did you call a remote it? Collar. Remote sorry. collar. Yeah, so, yeah. so sorry, call, I, I no, use no, the word shock. shock. Call Be- it a shock collar because I think that's from 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 my once again layman point of view. We would call it a shock collar, yeah, no. electric shock collar. And and, and I sorry to to no, but sure. my um someone's asked me about getting one of those for for my dog right. because he does sometimes have a tendency to jump over the fence and run away and that was that was their thing. Oh, we'll get one of those because that's the answer. Okay, so in terms of. Um, when I was studying dog training, one of the things that we were sort of drummed into us was don't call it a shock collar, it's a remote collar because the collar's on the dog and you work with it remotely. There's no leash attached to it. Fine. The reality is most people think it's a shock collar. It shocks the dog. Um, fine. So rather than trying to start on the opposite end of the argument, I'm just going to agree. No, yeah, it's a shock collar. It shocks the dog. But you've got to think about it in terms of levels. So if I just walk up behind you and go, boo, really loudly, and you get startled, are you not shocked? Well, of course you are. It shocked me. Oh, wow. Did it hurt you? No, not in the slightest. It just shocked me. That's how a remote slash shock collar works. It's not about everything's fine or I've just charged a thousand volts through my dog. So they work on on levels. Again, if we're just sitting at, at the beach and I say, hey, Jay, would you like a beer? I don't need to do much to get your attention. If we're in a nightclub and there's loud music and thousands of people and I quietly say Jay get me a beer you're never going to hear it so it's just about raising the level to match the dog's distraction if your dog is distracted by the bunny and it's chasing after it and you're using the remote on a say a medium level you're not actually doing the dog any harm because the dog's probably not even feeling it so you just go a little bit higher and the dog's like oh hang on a minute I remember this if I don't stop and go back this will get worse I don't like this so I'll go back and get a reward instead and it's just about 
matching those levels. And is this something that you, do you use it a lot? Have you got a lot of dogs no. you use it for? No, and again, there's a difference with, um, and again, respectfully, I, I can use a remote and I can see at what point the dog is reacting to it. And it's not about them howling and barking and losing their minds. It's you want to see the dog sort of almost sort of raise an ear and go, hey, what, what was that? That's fine. That's your base level um, and build up sort of from there. Um, I've had a lot of I've had a lot more people ask me to use them than I have allowed to use them, if that makes sense. Yeah, um, because I can just see I know what you're going to do. You're going to whack this up to high and press the button and hope for the best. And that's really unfair on the dog. So I would rather either persevere with the uh, a standard collar which I'm confident isn't going to work because I know you're not going to put the work in, but that's, or I'll lose the client. It, it'll go that way rather than putting the dog in harm's way. I'm, I'm fine with that. Um, whereas I've got other clients that it was the best option. The dog was always going to run away. The dog loves to run and just charge for hours and hours and hours. So fine, start with that. But you can show the dog that come back to me is rewarding and the bonus reward is you get to go away again. So now we've got dogs that are, off leash from the get-go they've got as much freedom as they want but they just know when i get called back occasionally i have to do it so i've got 100 percent control of the dog and the dog's got 99.9 percent freedom to go and run and just engage and do its thing and then harnesses are they good are they bad are they indifferent so i generally don't like the use of harnesses in the way they're traditionally used i.e most people think well my dog's pulling on the collar I'll put it on a harness or it's a puppy. I'll stick it in a harness so it doesn't hurt itself. I, I understand the why, but what we're doing is we're allowing the dog to pull. So it's on a harness. It's on its chest and back. It's, it doesn't matter. We let it pull. So we're just teaching the dog. If you want to go for a walk, you have to pull. I would rather start with the dog again, going back to sort of puppies as we discussed previously in another pod, um, work with them from the get go and just teach them to walk normally on a nice loose leash with a normal collar um, rather than teach them to pull from the get-go. There are exceptions. Um, if you've got a dog that's got an, an injury or spinal issues or, or what have you, or even slightly older dogs, um, and it's just easier, then yeah, fine, by, by all means, carry on. I'd imagine if you've got a working dog such as a husky and you're in the, in the Arctic, yeah, yeah, then for, that's where the yeah, harness like, will come and in. And certainly if, if they're pulling um, any sort of thing, you want to have the, the point of... Um, I think it's at the apex point, uh, the point of where the pressure is applied um, needs to be at the right place. And certainly with harnesses these days, and um, you've got harnesses to clip on at the back, on at the chest, on at the side. Um, oh, I also, uh, there's, there's what we call halty collars. If you've ever seen a, a horse with the collar that kind of goes over its head and its nose, there's similar ones for dogs. The, the thing with horses is you, you don't want to use any aversive means in terms of controlling the horse, really other than the bit. Um, and a halty collar, again, just you can Google it, H-A-L-T-I, works in a very similar fashion. If you can control the head of the dog, you can control the direction in which it goes. Cool. Uh, to summarize? Yes, yeah. please. <laughs> so um, basically there are a plethora of different training devices that you can get out there for your dog. Um, in terms of using things like pinch collars and remote collars, um, I'm not going to sit here and say they're the worst things in the world. They do have a place in any trainer's toolbox. Don't be put off. Um by their use. What I would definitely say is start at the other end of the scale and work your dog properly and put in the effort that way and you work up and see. Um, there's very few dogs here that I've generally had to put on either a pinch or a remote collar. There's just a handful really because um, A, 
it was the best way of solving an immediate problem and helping that dog sort of move forward um, in life. And also in terms of the more aversive um, collars that we can use, this is not for life. This is to show the dog in the immediacy about this is what works, <clears throat> excuse me, and this is what doesn't. And once you're consistent with that program, you'll start to find you're not using the collars regardless of, whether, of what type it is, hardly anywhere near as much. Cool. Thank you very much. Thanks, Jay. If you're looking for professional training or somewhere to board your dog, either short or long term, then check out Canine Point Academy. That's caninepointacademy.com or go to Facebook and search Canine Point Academy.